Welcome to the New Ventures podcast. Our guest for today is Kavita Gandhi, the Executive Director of the Sustainable Energy Association of Singapore. Welcome, Kavita. Thank you, Sanjoy. It's so great to talk to you. Kavita, let's start by talking about you know, the fact that your membership includes both indigenous Singaporean companies as well as international companies. It would be nice to hear of some of the stories of how these companies are helping Singapore transition to clean energy. Right. So you're so right to say that we have different companies, different shapes and sizes. We have large multinational companies. We have local companies who have become big. We also have some very small companies. So across the board, all kinds and different technologies. It's a very interesting mix, I would like to say. So let me touch upon a few companies. For example, we have a local SME called Sunseed uh, that is doing a lot of solar EPC work. They're using very innovative business models of power purchase agreements, etc. We also have a slightly smaller company, Energetics, that's doing EPC work with very innovative technologies. Um, similarly, on the if, if I shift gears to the energy efficiency side, we have all the big names, Siemens, Honeywell, Johnson Control, but we also have a local company, G Energy, that is doing some fantastic work. And I can go on and on for different sectors, but I think let's discuss this as we go down in our interview. You know, companies located in Singapore also expand to markets in the ASEAN region. So can you tell us a little bit about companies who have done that successfully? All right, Sanjay. So, as you know, Singapore is a very small uh, city country and a market, while very innovative and cutting edge, but it's not large enough. So, our companies look at ASEAN as the extended home market. And then some of them even go further to India, China, Middle East, and some of them to Europe and US as well. Some of the interesting things that have been done in the region would be. In the area of energy efficiency, I think that's always an easier sell because companies can save money as they save energy. So some of our local companies have done energy efficiency work in Malaysia, in Indonesia, as well as China, actually. And similar things go for our uh, solar companies as well as grid-related companies. Um, there are a lot of floating solar farms being planned in Indonesia, for example, by multiple of our members. And the electricity would be imported to Singapore. So that's something very new that we are very excited about. Because we know in Singapore how much ever renewables we can produce within our geographic boundaries. It would not be enough and adequate to meet our requirements because we have quite a thriving industry. So we are looking at every option, optimizing what we have. And then after that, looking at buying from other neighboring countries as well. And our, all our member com companies are at the forefront. I can give you some examples. A small company, LYS, they did a power purchase agreement with Decathlon in Jakarta, for example. That was one of very innovative projects. Sunseep is building a 2.2 gigawatt hours floating solar, uh, you know, farm in Batam in Indonesia. Semcorp, another one of our members, is also doing, uh, you know, a similar floating solar as well as ground-mounted solar projects away electricity can be imported and it's not only about importing electricity a lot of them are also doing projects for that specific country and to meet their needs 
as well. So that's something, uh, some of the activity that has been going on recently. Right. And you mentioned it has been easier for companies and energy efficiency to expand in the ASEAN region. Uh, in fact, we in a previous podcast episode, we had Sunil Yadav, who is the head of building sustainability in uh, Siemens Singapore, talk about exactly this. How being located in Singapore as a hub helps you to demonstrate projects and it gives you the respect to expand into other markets in uh, ASEAN region. Very true, Sanjoy. You hit the nail on the head, actually. I was about to move to that, that these are also for MNCs exactly what you said. Uh, Singapore is the springboard to expand into the region. Also, Singapore companies, uh, I would say even the local companies have a certain amount of credibility that is associated with them. And people and the companies in the region are quite eager to work with Singapore companies because they know that when they promise something, they deliver. Yes, I, I think it, we are going to beat our own trumpet by saying this, but I think we, the sort of business ethics and integrity that comes with being located in Singapore, at least a reputation of that, which I think is fantastic, actually. Right. So you've already given a lot of examples of young companies who are your members, and I know that you do specific things to promote innovation. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those activities? So for our young companies or startups, as we call them, we started a program three years ago called the Sustainable Energy Startup Network. This came out of a sort of a need that from the market saying that CIS has a lot of mature companies, but what about these young companies? How can we help them? And Singapore government, uh, you know, from Enterprise Singapore was very keen that we support these companies. So we took on that project. And we have start, been working with them for the last three years. And we've seen a lot of interesting companies that have come out. And uh, basically what we do with these companies is a real a whole host of different activities. So when we interviewed some of these startups, besides funding, which they all have is the pain point. But besides funding, one of the areas that they had the biggest issue with was test bedding their technologies, which means you know, can a large company actually allow us to test bed, do a pilot project? So that's an area that we really took up quite actively. And we spoke to some of our larger companies and we managed to get some of these test beds going for these startups. So that was good. The other area that we really worked pretty actively was in connecting them to investors. So we have a program called iPitch and uh, we saw that we ran about eight of them last year. And the way iPitch works is that we curate a slate of startups in a particular theme. It could be electric vehicles, it could be green buildings, it could be renewables, it could be hydrogen. And then we present them to a group of investors that follow us very actively. And we just don't leave it at that. After the, the so-called matching exercise or iPitch exercise, what we do is we do actual matching, whereas the investors request us to connect them to certain startups. And, and that's something that the startups really appreciate. The third activity, which I think has been rather successful, is the startup training that we have been doing. And this training is nothing to do with technology because all of them know the technology inside out. The biggest challenge they have is in structuring the company, their term sheets, how to raise the funding. So we brought in some very renowned venture capitalists to talk to our startups to really help them do that part that was not really their forte. So that's worked pretty well for our startups. And then 
Uh, I'm sure you know, Sanjoy, that we do an annual competition called Power Ace, where we source uh, submissions from uh, startups all over the world. And we get close to 100, 150 submissions, and we shortlist 12, and then we give them awards. And most of our winning startups and shortlisted startups have gone on to do pretty well. So I'm pretty happy with the kind of progress and the kind of ecosystem that is developing in Singapore. It's quite amazing uh, to see these young companies raise money and, uh, you know, move on to the next phase of their journey. And one very nice thing that we, we have is that many of them come back to join SEAS as members. So that's very heartwarming for us to see these companies that we supported in their infancy are very keen to be part of full members of SEAS. So that's, that's quite nice. I think one of the things that you do very well is, you know, just provide the holistic range of services, you know, not just helping companies connect with investors, but, you know, providing matchmaking, providing training. And I think that, you know, full circle is very, very important. But I wanted to just expand a little bit into one thing that you said, which uh -huh. is helping companies test bed solutions. When, it, when you say larger companies, do you mean customers? Do you mean utilities? Do you mean other larger companies like, you know, the Siemens and the Schneiders who are part of your member ecosystem? So actually, it's both, Sanjoy. We haven't yet done any test bedding with a utility as such, but it's been mostly with large uh, companies. There was one, I can't name them, but there, there was a large semiconductor company that test bedded uh, one of our uh, technologies. There was a hotel that did the test bedding with one of our startups and so on and so forth. Also, it sometimes what happens is very interesting. Like one of our large company was mentoring a startup and he got so interested in the technology that they are having further conversations. We are not like a official incubator or accelerator of sorts, but what we do is this very open sort of connections, capability development, wherever we see the gap, we come in and fill that gap. And I think that's what's been the strength of our program actually. Right. I will sort of, you know, put some of the things that you're saying in my own words. So one of the advantages of, of young companies being sort of engaging with the CS, even though they're not members as yet, is the network of larger companies, you know, through mentoring, through the example that you gave of working with the semiconductor company, that's very hard to to get, but also to work with end customers who are not mem your members, like the hotel, for example, but you know who would accept an introduction given, uh, which comes from the association. That's kind of what I'm getting from what you're saying. That's exactly right, Sanjoy. You're, you're spot on. That's what we have been doing. And we are always on the lookout for large companies that are keen to really work with these young startups. And just yesterday, I met a very large IT company and they told me that, hey, we are always on the lookout because these are the companies that have a lot of niche and cutting edge technologies. So do bring them in touch with us if you, uh, if you see anything of interest in XYZ area. So, you know, that's what is the advantage of being in an association that we are connected with the ecosystem very well, even with the government agencies, you know, as well as with international institutions. Uh, come on, we've been in touch with your company that's doing so much work with these, uh, with, with the younger companies as well. 
So it's things like this that really move the needle, I feel, rather than just being a very strict incubator with a very defined cohort. So I think what what makes us special is that we are very nimble and we can take up opportunities and actualize it for the startups very quickly. And we give them what they need. There are some who need like technology advice. There are others who need investors. There are others who need test beds. So, you know, we are very nimble and we move with their needs. I think that's what what the startups keep coming back to us for. And, and also not to forget that we are not charging them anything till they become of a reasonable size. So that's that's another thing that we are very uh, proud of doing, of really supporting, because at the end of the day, we are an industry association and we want this sector to grow. And that's the reason why we do that. Well, thank you for the uh, plug on Regain Paradise, my company. Yes. We are obviously very, very excited to partner with you, especially on Power Ace, which is the competition you talked about earlier. Right. I will um, go ahead and ask you something which is about the research and, and development. Obviously, we've talked a lot about partnerships with larger organizations, but Singapore, of course, has some of the, has Asia's, not some of the Asia's best universities, right? And how have the R&D capabilities of Singapore's universities helped these, both the younger companies as well as the larger companies? Right, Sanjoy. So I'm sure you're familiar with the two big powerhouses that we have in Singapore to do with energy. One is the Solar Energy Research Institute of Singapore, which focuses on solar uh, developments. And then we have the Energy Research Institute at NTU, that's Nanyang Technological University, which is our leading university here. And Ceres, which I mentioned earlier, is the National University of Singapore, the other leading university. Um, so we work very closely with both these institutions. So in terms of Ceres, we work very closely with them. Um, they are, in fact, a member of CES. And we work actively in promoting any new technology showcasing, any new innovations that have come through through their research. Uh, one example is a floating PV sort of event that we run with them. And we have been running that for the last four to five years when nobody was talking about floating PV and services at the at the cutting edge. And, you know, so, so the, those are the kind of things that we do with Ceres. And also our companies, some of them who are module manufacturers, work very closely with Ceres to really improve their energy, you know, yields and efficiency of their modules, etc. So, so it's a very important partnership. Ceres has also done a, a system whereby they can track all the solar systems in Singapore and, and see how much of energy is being produced at any given point of time. They've even gone further to even identify which are the areas where the, the yield is high. And we, we always work with them to really, you know, amplify the work that they are doing. And then moving on to Arian, the Energy Research Institute at NTU, uh, we have been working very actively with them right from the beginning. They are a very close partner. And both Ceres and Arian are partners for us for our annual conference that we run, Asia Clean Energy Summit. And a lot of work is showcased there. In terms of Arian, we are also a partner on a program called Ecolabs. So that's a program where they really uh, help startups as well as SMEs, Singapore companies, to really value add to their technologies, to adapt some of the technologies that the companies could be sort of developing. 
Um, one example uh, which will be announced very shortly is an app for energy efficiency where we connected one of our members to to Arian and they are going to be launching that very soon. So I don't want to be stealing their thunder. But similarly, there are many startups from our network that we connect to, to Ecolab program so that they can go on and enhance their technologies. And likewise, Ecolabs refers a lot of startups back to us once they are ready for commercialization, because that's what we are good at. So it's a very symbiotic relationship that we have with the universities. And there are a few other centers also that we work with. So it's in Singapore, I think a lot of emphasis is being put on research and development and a lot of, you know, dollars are being put behind that. And thus we are seeing some very exciting uh, kind of work that's coming out from these universities. Yeah, I think this is a very comprehensive answer. So thank you very much for this. I wanted to, to ask you one question. You know, we've talked a lot about partnerships. One of the things I'm really curious to learn about is how these uh, you know, ecosystem of companies are building smart energy solutions using IoT and energy systems and transportation systems all integrated together. Uh, can you give us a few examples? Sure, Sanjoy. So I think that is an area which has been uh, uh, developing very, very quickly. You know, traditionally our companies were into hardware and, you know, engineering and um, EPCs and, uh, you know, consulting. But of late, I'm seeing this huge shift into this intelligent solutions space. And these are companies who are doing it at technology level, you know, where you're optimizing a chiller, for example. I think you... You interviewed one of my startup members, Leka, who, whose technology is doing that. They're optimizing chillers. And uh, then there are companies that, that are doing it at a building level. And then there are others who are also doing it at a district level. We have a, a, a company called Resync Technologies that has done recently a university in Thailand where they control the energy systems and optimize it for the entire university. So it's quite interesting. And on the other hand, we also have members like IBM who do it at a very, very massive scale. So I think we have both ends of the spectrum where you want to do a, a piece of technology, you want to do a building, or you want to do a university, or you want to do a whole city. I think all those solutions are sitting within C's. Since you asked me for examples, I'm also tempted to mention a few other companies. We have a company called AVA that makes drones. And their drones are actually monitoring the solar farms and solar systems to do predictive maintenance, for example. So that's that's something that they, they do very well. And they've been getting a lot of business, not just in Singapore, but even outside of Singapore. We have other companies that have storage solutions, you know, that could optimize for in Singapore. Um, we don't need that much storage in terms of uh, power supply because we are fully grid connected and we have ample uh, power available and these companies are of course working in other solutions you know in other countries but in Singapore there's a very interesting solution for peak and off-peak timing so the electricity is expensive at certain times and it's cheaper at the other times so you could actually store the energy during the off-peak time and use it during the peak time so it's an economic kind of a solution even though we have enough power so there are companies who are doing that we have other companies uh, who have recently joined us, a company called Alexis, that is doing grid optimization using software. I mean, one issue that 
not just Singapore, but countries around the region are facing are with the intermittency of the renewables. So their technology takes care of that. There are some very interesting um, intelligence solutions that are coming out, including artificial intelligence. And many of these companies are based out of Singapore or being developed in Singapore. Uh, both like local and international companies. But I think Singapore has become a very fertile sort of ground for these companies to come test their technologies, maybe get some R&D dollars if they are, of course, have a local partner because most of the funding that comes to these companies from, if, if it's in the form of a grant, then they need to be to have at least 30% Singapore component which is not a lot. You can still hold 7% of your company and then become part of the Singapore ecosystem and be called a Singapore company. I think that's that's uh, quite a good deal. And then you can start developing your technology here. You can even get help to export your technology out of Singapore. So there's a lot of solutions like that. And that's one of the things that we do as an association. We help these companies uh, you know, that would like to be based out of Singapore to really grow. I'll, I'll take out two key takeaways from here. One is the point that you made that of solutions at, at various levels. I mean, obviously, there are components of solutions, storage, artificial intelligence, blockchain, and so on and so forth. But the solutions work at two broad levels. One is at the city level, and the other is at the individual enterprise level, uh, the hotel example that you gave, at district levels somewhere in between. So that's really one point that I'll take away. The second point that I will take away is if you are, for example, a startup working out of Berkeley, I mean, just to pick an example, and um, you know you want to test bed the solution with customers, it seems that Singapore is a great place to come because you could partner with some really intelligent people, you know, from the universities, from large companies, from other smaller companies. You could invest. You could start up a company here, seventy percent your own holding, thirty percent uh, the local partners holding, and you know. Uh, get a chance to test bed, get a chance to raise some more R&D money and so on and so forth. Are these two uh, takeaways um, the relevant ones, at least for now? Indeed, Sanjoy. Uh, exactly. They're very relevant. And, you know, also you, you very correctly mentioned blockchain, which I forgot to actually mention that blockchain is another area that's developing very quickly in Singapore both for the fintech side of things, but I think our energy side or energy sector is also adapting a lot of these blockchain technologies. So we have a company called Air Carbon that's using a blockchain platform for housing and trading of carbon credits. They've already gone global with offices in Dubai and Europe and, um, you know, Brazil and things. So it, I think it's all because of the support and the nurturing environment that Singapore has. And it's very a financial center so i think that's that that also helps companies and also on the other hand the government is very keen to support these new innovative technologies right one question that i wanted to ask you which is that you know when talking about energy i'm noticing that in your membership list today you have carbon companies right who are in carbon exchange and voluntary carbon markets you know that's a new category that is opening up is it Actually, Sanjay, we've always had the carbon companies as part of our ecosystem uh, because, you know, when you look at carbon, how do you derive carbon? It's uh, a lot of time, it's because of some of the technologies that are being used, whether it's energy efficiency or it's renewables or bioenergy or solar or, or, or whatever it may be. 
so somehow the carbon companies have always been part of our ecosystem but i think they've just got a second wind after the carbon prices have started moving as you know uh, so they they are doing some very interesting work one of our companies uh, crx which is doing a programmatic carbon program for electric vehicles for example which is probably going to be the first of its kind uh, you know in the world so there are some very innovative sort of solutions that are coming out of singapore because i think we don't have the low hanging fruits anymore you know we don't have any steel plants we don't have any paper mills we don't have any textile mills so whatever our companies need to do has to be at the cutting edge you know it has to be something different it has to be something innovative electric vehicles is something that we have not touched on yet so if you allow me i'll just uh, talk for a few seconds about that so singapore has already said that we are going to go fully electric by 2030 so there's not too much time left for us so there's been a lot of interest in that space and uh, we are getting a whole ecosystem of electric vehicle uh related companies so the infrastructure companies the software companies that sit as a layer on top building owners which are going to be the petrol stations of the of the future because we are not going to have any petrol stations anymore actually even petrol stations in singapore who are looking at having charging stations there fast chargers where people can come and just charge their cars like uh filling up petrol and things like that so uh, there's a lot of innovation and interest that has been going on in electric vehicles as an association we did a white paper on electric vehicles and leveling the playing field for electric vehicles back in 2016 and we've been actually going on with this topic and really promoting it but it seems like their time has come now and uh, we have just uh, formed an electric vehicle working group just yesterday so it's fresh and top of my mind and we look forward to doing lot more work with these companies to see how singapore can electrify their transportation system even more so our, our public transport uh, mrts etc already electric the buses there's a huge shift in getting all the buses to be electric but now even these um, passenger vehicles in singapore going to be electrified and we have a very good opportunity in singapore because every 10 years we have to renew what we called a certificate of entitlement which is like a tax that we pay for owning a vehicle putting a car on the road in singapore so we have this opportunity to phase out the the ice vehicles the internal combustion engine vehicles out of our mix slowly so that's something that we are very excited about as well 2016 was definitely early days for releasing a white paper on electric vehicles so congratulations on that thank you one of the things that we also have not touched upon and i noticed that you know there are members in your system who do this which is bioenergy it isn't obvious that singaporean company to work in bioenergy but i'm sure there are some stories there right sanjoy you're so true we haven't touched upon bioenergy which is a very interesting sector of our ecosystem and you're also right that in singapore why bioenergy a lot of people don't realize that we produce a lot of food waste so there's an opportunity to treat the food waste and we also have the horticultural waste which needs to be treated we also have the municipal solid waste so there's a lot of work that's going on in that area as you know singapore actually incinerates its waste which is a very expensive technology 
and it's been an effort from the government side to see how we can minimize what we put into the incinerator. We have very limited uh, land space. So the bottom match still needs to be a landfill somewhere. We do it on an island off Singapore called Pulau Samakau. And obviously, we don't want to keep on producing waste and just putting it into the incinerator. So there's a huge movement, both from the government side, the encouragement and grants and incentives, and also from the younger Singaporeans, you know. We are looking to see how we can reduce our waste. Plastic is a big issue. We are looking at plastic recycling in a big way. There are new technologies that are coming into Singapore to do that, um, as well as with all our other waste. So there is an opportunity for companies in that space to come and play in Singapore. Fantastic. And as a final question, do you have any thoughts on what Singapore offers to innovators as we get into this crucial decade? Right, Sanjoy. Let me just say there are at least three very clear areas where Singapore has an advantage for young companies and even more mature companies. One, of course, is that your IP is fully protected. That's one of the reasons why many companies uh, like to come to Singapore and do their research and come up with their technologies. We have a very strong IP protection uh, laws as well as culture. Secondly, I think we have a very strong fintech industry, not just fintech, actually financial industry. Um, so there's a huge shift also towards green financing. Actually, we just had, you know, a few bankers on our discussion roundtables and panels recently, and they're all saying that we, there's more money than their bankable projects. And they are not talking only about Singapore. They're talking also about the region. So that's the other advantage when these companies work out of Singapore and they go to the region, they can bring our banks along, they can bring our service sector. We have very good lawyers. All the other services that they need are, are very easily available and they are quite well informed in that space. And lastly, I would say the R&D. I think there's a lot of research and development emphasis. And I think we touched upon it earlier that companies can actually get grants uh, as well as funding from private sector to do some research. There's some very interesting labs, uh, very well-developed labs in our universities that companies can use. And lastly, I think um, there has been a big push to promote these young companies, even from the government in the last five to seven years. There's so much of emphasis on growing these young companies and uh, you know, really promoting them, supporting them. So I think they would find it very nurturing to land in Singapore and grow their business. IP finance services, these are three key things. And you haven't mentioned the wonderful street food as well, right? Some of which is becoming uh, you know, friendly for the vegan and vegetarian test as well. That's true, Sanjoy. I would be really lacking if I don't mention the wonderful, wonderful hawker centers of Singapore and the food courts where you can get a fantastic meal for $5. It's, it's delicious, it's clean, and like you said, now even vegetarian friendly. Thank you. With that, thank you very much. And hopefully the COVID will sort of peter away next year and you'll get more interest of companies coming to Singapore. Thank you, Sanjoy. It's been wonderful talking to you and I look forward to working even more closely with Regain Paradise and some of the other young companies who want to come to Singapore. Thank you so much. Oh, 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 oh,